brewing a pot of consciousness with a side of wellness. Quench your curiosity with reality. Assalamualaikum and hello to our listeners out there. This is your host, Sufian. Hello everyone, it's your host here, Amira. Hello everyone, I'm Irina. And I am Iman. In this episode, we will be talking about the United Nations 7 Sustainable Development Goals or SDG that, that lay out a plan to create a better and more sustainable future for our Earth by 2030. Not to be confused with the 8 Millennium Development Goals which was the predecessor of the United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals. Get your mind right people! For today's topic, we'll be discussing with our guests on how gender stereotyping and mental health can impact all genders. Now, before we start, Erina, do you have anything you'd like to say? Oh, thank you, Sufian. Yes, good news, dear listeners. Cases are down, vaccinations rates are up, with new SOPs in place to keep us safe, and Malaysians throughout the country are finally getting used to the new normal. We would like to remind our dear listeners to keep up the good work for following the SOPs and to continue to do our part to make sure COVID-19 doesn't stop us from living our youth to the fullest. So I will now introduce our first guest, Dr. Farid Sayuddin, who is an active spokesperson in the fight for mental health awareness. He also holds a Bachelor and Surgery Honours at Monash University, Malaysia, and is currently studying for a Master's degree in Clinical Psychology. Being a major depressive disorder survivor himself, Dr. Farid has spent much of his time giving talks on his experiences as a survivor as well as a medical professional. As well as a medical professional. Despite a number of followers on his social media, Dr. Farid continues to bring awareness on the importance of mental health care. Okay folks, who is Brittany Jordan Butler? She is someone is bold enough to follow her dreams and be successful at it. Brittany began developing her love for acting when she moved to Las Vegas, Nevada as a child and joined numerous school plays and musical theatre. In 2019, Brittany decided to pursue her acting career full-time. She is inspired to make a difference due to the discrimination she faced growing up. Brittany decided to create her movement called Love the Skin You're In, which aims to promote acceptance and respect for people of all different backgrounds and socioeconomic statuses. Her goal is to teach not only young people, but everyone to love their differences as that is what makes them unique and that is their strength in life. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. My name is Dr. Farid Zainuddin. You can call me Farid. And I'm actually 29 years old, currently living in Taiping. I was a, a major depressive disorder survivor uh, two years ago. And uh, because of that, I left medical practice. And currently, I'm now a student of Master of Family Counseling in USIM. Yeah. I'm currently a uh, first year semester, first semester, just started, yeah.
Hi everyone, my name is Brittany Butler. Um, I was born in Honolulu, Hawaii, but I was raised in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm 24 years old and I'm an actress. I actually just completed my first two feature films this year. And other than acting, I also do pageantry, like Sofiane was saying. So I've been doing that for the past two years. And I also just recently started my own platform called Love the Skin You're In, which is about teaching not only young people, but everyone to accept themselves and their differences as that's what makes them unique and that is their strength in life. Uh, hi, may we know what inspired you to advocate about mental health? Is there anything that happened to you previously? I see, okay. Um, so, um, like I mentioned, I was diagnosed with major depression back in December 2018. That was my first, um, I was first diagnosed. And what happened was um, I just started working as a medical, um, sorry, trainee doctor. And during that time, I couldn't cope with the stress and the environment. It was very stressful. And at one point, I just suddenly woke up at night and crying and couldn't, uh, couldn't sleep. So the next day, I went to a psychiatric clinic, get uh, treatment. And from then, I was di diagnosed as having major depression. And that major depression also made me quit my job because I really need a recovery period. And after that, I started to um, uh, share about my mental health journey in Facebook back in May 2020. And uh, starting from there, when I started sharing, a lot more people reached out to me and saying about their mental health struggle as well. And so I think that's what um, actually encouraged me to advocate more for mental health. Yeah. I see. Yes, it is a great move made by Dr. Farid by advocating publicly about mental health awareness. So um, let's proceed to the next question. Thank you very much, Arena. Before this podcast, we've conducted an independent survey whereby we have found that 75% of the participants agreed that men do face stress, depression, and discrimination in regards of mental health issues. So what would you say about these findings, Dr. Farid? Um, first is that um, men... Um um we're maybe because we don't talk much about um how men supposed to communicate their um emotional struggles maybe in our culture as well in malaysia and i think a lot of uh, in other part of the world as well we tend to um say to uh, boys like uh, you should be strong you shouldn't cry but compared to girls we uh, tend to be more um, expressive with them they are um let they are allowed to be more expressive, but not as much in women, uh, in men. So I think that we um, men do face discrimination uh, regarding mental health. So I think I hope that we can um, move forward from that discrimination and be more uh, open and receptive about uh, men's mental health. I would like to ask you that. What is your opinion regarding on boys or men who do not cry at all? And what is your message to the youth regarding about it is okay to not be okay? 
Um, first is that um men, um, um we're maybe because we don't talk much about um how men supposed to communicate their um emotional struggles. Maybe in our culture as well in Malaysia, and I think a lot of uh, in other part of the world as well, we tend to um say to uh, boys like uh, you should be strong, you shouldn't cry. But compared to girls, we uh, tend to be more um, expressive with them. They are um let they are allowed to be more expressive, but not as much in women uh, in men. So I think that we um men do face discrimination uh, regarding mental health so i think i hope that we can um move forward from that discrimination and be more uh, open and receptive about uh, men's mental health yeah what a great sharing from dr farid yes even men also struggle with mental health issues and it's completely no wrong for them to cry if the feelings are overwhelming Cry will make them feel better rather than pretend to be okay. So I pass to Amira for the next question with Miss Brittany. Okay, so Miss Brittany, um, how do I address you? You can call me Brittany. Okay, I'll just call you Brittany then. Okay, so I'll be starting with the first question. Um, so women tend to be judged uh, on what to wear, what to do. The stereotype that occurs from time to time. What do you think on this matter? Yes, so I think first off, to get started, every woman has the power of choice. And this is 2021, and the role of the woman is whatever we want it to be. I think that whether a woman goes out and chooses to show more skin or someone who chooses to be more covered up, that is ultimately the choice of the individual. And I think that accepting that and accepting all different types of women and how they choose to empower themselves is what the true definition of a feminist is. I agree with Miss Breed. Women are free to wear what they want and what they are comfortable with. There is no wrong or issues on that. So let's proceed with the next questions. Thank you, Arina. Uh, Dr. Farid, what is your biggest challenge that you faced while surviving with your own emotional battles? Yeah, so um, the biggest challenge for me is struggling with my own negative uh, thoughts. Because um, even though I was first diagnosed in um, December 2018, but what happened, th- that was my second episode. The first episode was back in... Uh, 2013, I was in second year medical student and I dealt with a lot of negative thoughts and I do not know how to process that. I do not know how to manage my emotions and my thoughts are very negative at that time. So um, that's a very big challenge. And then um, in 2018, then I have to quit my job, which further um, increased the difficulty for me because at that time I have to recover. I need to focus. Uh, and then I quit my job so I was struggling with um, some sort of identity identity crisis as well so that's very challenging for me and for a long time I couldn't actually figure out what to do with my life so um, yeah that's one that, those are a few challenges that I face in my mental health journey yeah uh, another thing Dr. Uh, Dr. Farid so you had these challenges that you faced. So what would the, did you have a support system that helped you through these challenges? 
Right. For support support system, I am very, very grateful that my family members, especially my mom, who has been providing endless support for me because um, in recovering for mental health patients, one of the biggest factor for me, I think, um, to recover well is social support. Because in, we, we can, um, sure, like we can talk about um, um, taking care of our um, um, health, um, taking and uh, getting therapies, medication, but all that requires support from family members because at the end of the day, they are the one who live with us, who actually um, stayed with us. They see our worst, they see our best. So I think family support is very important and I'm so grateful that I have um, uh, full support from fam- my family and my friends as well. Yeah. I see. Thank you, Dr. Farid, for your insight. Society needs to be more aware that anyone can suffer from mental health issues. Now, before we continue to our next segment with Miss Brittany Butler, our dear Erina has a few words to say. Thank you, Iman. Um, from Dr. Farid's sharing today, I am so amazed with people who struggle with mental health issues as it is not an easy task for them, yet they still manage to balance their daily life while battling with various types of issues in their minds. So now let's move on with Miss Britt on the next segment. I'll proceed with the uh, next question. Okay. Okay, which is, um, as a public figure... Are there any restrictions for you to speak up regarding sensitive issues that are faced by women? So, okay, so there's a quote that I always like to say whenever I feel like nervous to kind of speak my truth. It's even if your voice shakes, speak the truth. So although right now times are very turbulent, with how people treat each other on social media and even in person, I like to think that just time is time is up in not speaking your truth and not being honest and not standing up for what you believe in. So with me personally, I never feel scared to speak on how I feel about women and how I feel about um, the way we are treated in this country or in any country. I just think that being honest and truthful and getting your message out is what really matters. And so I never felt restricted on any of my social medias or whenever I speak in interviews like this. Wow, Miss Britt is so courageous to take action and voice out her opinion upon sensitive issues on her social media platform. Thank you so much, Miss Britt. <laughs> Okay, so moving on to the next question. Mm, as we all know, we live in a world full of beauty standards defined by external factors like society. According to society standards, men need to be at least six feet tall, with broad shoulders, and a six pack. Doesn't make sense. Okay, so <laughs> women, on the other hand, are pressured to be supermodel thin, with a slim waist and curves, as well as having a fair skin like Snow White. <laughs> what is your take regarding this matter? 
as being a person that is in a constant limelight? Yes, so growing up African-American, half Filipino-American, I honestly never felt like I fit in with my peers. Um, I always felt like I was different. And especially being half Filipino in the Philippines, it was seen as being more beautiful to be more fair skinned. So when I was raised by my Filipino mother, I mean, she has this gorgeous fair skin and long pin straight black hair. And I remember just looking at her and being like, why don't I look like you? And thinking, why don't the girls on TV look like me? And so that was always very hard for me to get over and hard for me to see my beauty and accept who I truly was, brown skin, big curly hair and all. And it wasn't until I remember a classmate had asked me if I was adopted when they had seen my mom. And I had to ask her if I was because I wasn't sure because I knew we didn't look alike. And from then on, that's when she started teaching me that there were so many different types of beauty in this world that were all deserving of respect, of praise, and that were all beautiful. And so she started doing things like buying me black Barbie dolls that looked like me, that made me feel really empowered and made me feel confident in who I was. And so, I mean, fast forward to now, I'm 24 years old and I feel like it's another wave with social media and looking at girls there and being like, oh, Oh my God, her skin is so perfect. She probably never has a zit in her life or, oh my gosh, she has like no ounce of fat on her and I woke up this morning bloated. You know what I mean? Those are <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It's hard. Um, and I think it's important to remember that that girl doesn't even look like that girl every single day of her life. We all have to remember we have days where we're down on ourselves and social media is just this highlight reel. And we're not perfect and we're not meant to be perfect. And so I, even just being in beauty pageants myself, I have definitely had to look at what's inside of me and realize, okay, there are so many gorgeous women in the world, but what makes me different? What makes me beautifully kind? What makes me beautifully smart? What makes me beautifully giving? And that is what I always go back to when I feel those sinking feelings. Beauty privilege not only been practicing in Malaysia, it is happening outside of our country. It is unhealthy to discriminate people based on their appearance. Perhaps every look or every body size are the same. Before we proceed, here is an advertising on public relations course in UITM. Well, thank you to our speakers. And now, allow me to introduce you to the Bachelor of Mass Communication with Honours in Public Relations or MC242 in UITM Shah Alam. The program is considered a pioneer in the area of public relations education in the country at the diploma and degree levels. In 2000, it is also the inception of the first public relations professional student charter, the Institute of Public Relations Malaysian Student Association or IPRMSA. 
The program is vision to empower the strategic communication practices and values to create graduates who are self-reliant and industry-ready. With that in mind, the program missions is to adopt the industry's best practices and adapt them into our core curriculum to ensure the industry academia gap is significantly aligned. I could say that our program Public Relations is one of the most famous and most popular course in the Faculty of Communication and Media Studies in UITM Sha'alam. Also, this course is offered at UITM Alugaja Melaka. So, when you become a PR student, you will get tons of benefits and have a higher name besides the other courses. Thank you. Thank you, Sufyan. So, I pass to Iman for the next segment with Dr. Farid. From our survey, an overwhelming 87.5% of our participants agreed that our society is practicing beauty privilege and that affects both men and women. What is your opinion of this matter, Dr. Farid? Yeah, so beauty privilege is something that's um, actually very common. And as much as we try to say, you know, uh, hard work, trunk, hard work, effort, but we cannot uh, deny that beauty privilege actually at works because we tend to be attracted to someone who we perceive as beautiful, as attractive, as good looking. And it's also wired in our um, culture, in our brain as well, to look for um, spouse who is a- attractive as well. So, but the thing is now with the advance of um, social media, we have more portrayals about how men or women should look like uh, the, the ideal body figure, the ideal beauty. And we're also seeing about businesses and commercials gearing towards um, how we're supposed to look like. So um, beauty privilege is something that's actually a very powerful tool that can shape about how are we um, um, progress as culture, but also to not to be misused. And I hope that um, we pay more attention, not just on the outer surface, right? Not just uh, the looks, but also to pay attention to the characteristics, the personal traits and um, our what are the positivity and our values that we can contribute to the society. So yes, that's... Thank you, Dr. Farid. I totally agree with you. Beauty privilege is a thing where the bias is real. Beauty privilege somehow might affect numerous numbers of people, especially among women, as this standard often occurs to them. To define, beauty privilege is the principle that people who are deemed more attractive, based on societal beauty standards, have an upper hand in the world and are afforded many opportunities that us, that us regular folks don't have. People tend to judge appearance based on skin color. Typically, people with fair skin are labeled as beauty or handsome. However, we should not practicing beauty privilege as each of us have their own speciality. Thank you so much Dr. Farid Zainri and Ms. Brittany Butler for that wonderful brief and explanation regarding about the mental health issues and stereotypes among women compared to men. 
I think it is evident and we all can agree that men also faces uh, mental health issues compared to women because sometimes we men also uh, think twice and having a lot of stress in our minds. Therefore, uh, mental health issues is not obligated to only one gender but it can be both. And as for the stereotype, I do agree with Ms. Bertrini Butler regarding about the stereotypes among women compared to men because it is also can be seen throughout our history of time that women still faces with discrimination, judgments and stereotypes saying that they should do the house chores, uh, become, a, become a midwife and etc. Therefore, by 2022, we should debunk this kind of belief and we should be able to live together in equality and prosperity. So I think that's my opinion. I would definitely agree with Sofian that men faces mental health issues even greater uh, than the women out there, you know, and it's really upsetting that they face a lot of discrimination from society whenever they try to express themselves. Therefore, I'm really glad that the Movember movement, which is a movement that is created by a community in Australia, has grown to be a truly global one, has inspired all of us to raise awareness of men's mental health issues, such as prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and men's suicide as well. Nonetheless, as a woman, I myself face this kind of stereotype, and I really hope, like what Sufyan said earlier, by 2022, we are able to debunk this kind of gender discrimination. Um, Erina, what would you like to say about that? What can we do? to you know make sure that this movement uh, goes forward yes amira november movement is indeed a great step to raise awareness regarding men's mental health issues as much as there are more other awareness during the month of november society needs to take measures to create an equal hype and support on men's suicide awareness with other issues that are being highlighted and brought forward this could be done by raising awareness in still relevant platform such as TikTok, Twitter and Instagram, where most people nowadays use especially teenagers because according to American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, mental issues are often developed starting at the age of 14. It is important to give early and proper exposure regarding the existence of mental health issues in men and how one should not be ashamed of it. This type of mentality are due to the stereotype rooted inside society of how men should be strong and never cry, just as Dr. Farid said. Early exposure is important in order to attract them to engage more in this awareness, resulting in constant attention. The attention given in social media regarding November movement will keep this movement forward as this awareness would slowly become a continuation pattern and does not immediately die. What would you say, Iman, about this? That's true. Social media has played a huge role in bringing awareness towards men's mental health. I do agree with Amira that men face a lot of negative pushback when they try to express their feelings or talk about their mental health. Society's expectations and stereotypes of men to be masculine and tough causes the phenomenon of toxic masculinity to be born. Toxic masculinity is a harmful belief on how men should behave and this belief also discourages men from seeking mental health treatment because being mentally ill is considered as a sign that you are not a man. We need to get rid of this toxic perception in our society where people believe that mental health illnesses or issues are caused because you are not tough enough or you're weak because that is definitely not the case. Therefore, we need to spread awareness about mental health to our society in order to encourage others to get the help they need. 
so I'll just wrap things up then okay I would like to say that despite the differences men and women have we are all human mental health issues don't see color age or even gender anyone could have it and it shouldn't be a taboo to talk about it also stereotypes can be really damaging to our state of mind throughout our discussions we can start to understand that stereotypes that both both men and women face in their lives how women how men are faced with the pressure to be strong tough and masculine while women are faced with the pressure to look a certain way to be considered beautiful these harsh and demanding stereotypes and pressures there are many of us who cannot reach those expectations and that failure can take a toll on our mental health therefore in order to create a society that is healthier and better we need to be kinder to not just to others but to ourselves we need to love ourselves love the way we are the way we look the way we speak and just appreciate the life god has given us so for our our listeners out there wherever you are in the world we here at reality podcast hope that you you are safe you are happy and in a good place right now but if you're not then we would like you to know that in the wise words of professor dumbledore happiness can be found even in the darkest of places if one only remembers to turn on the light i'll pass on to i'll pass the floor to sufian Thank you so much to our both guest speakers Miss Brittany Butler and Dr Farid Zainuddin. Both of you have done amazing job by elaborating about the stereotype uh, of women compared to men and mental health issues of men compared to women. As you guys can see that the topic is balanced. I would pretty much want to say uh, congratulations to both of you because both of you has been uh, a powerful advocate and shared awareness to your time. and uh, we wish you best of luck and to all the listeners out there don't forget to follow Dr Farid and Miss Brittany Butler's on uh, social media uh and you can follow their updates so yeah thank you so much